Hello, and welcome to A Well-Read Life. This is a place to share stories about good books and the reading life. I'm your host, Beth Jamison. Join me as I meander through my reading journey and discover the books that make up A Well-Read Life. Hi, friends. Instead of the usual longer episode today where I spotlight one book, I'm continuing with a second part to last week's bonus episode. I've compiled a list of books that are true and just and lovely and good. My guideline for choosing the books on the list is based off of Philippians 4.8, a verse that has helped me significantly in the past to combat fear and to order my thoughts. This isn't an exhaustive list, but I've tried to include books for all ages. And now, here are a few more books to pass the time in the next couple of weeks. For picture books this week, Found by Sally Lloyd-Jones. This is a favorite book in our family, especially for my little girl. I can't think of a more perfect book to read to a little one during this time. Found is a retelling of the 23rd Psalm. Sally Lloyd-Jones does a beautiful job adapting the psalm for little readers without watering down the truth and beauty of the original text. And the ending is such a wonderful reminder of God's love for us. The second picture book is Roxaboxen by Alice McLearen. A group of children build an imaginary world on a bare piece of land in the Arizona desert. They set up a town, elect a mayor, build homes, and set up trade. This is a delightful reminder of the joy of imagination and creativity, and it may provide some ideas for keeping children occupied over the next week. There is humor and wit and beauty and whimsy in it. Barbara Cooney's illustrations make the story come alive. The colors are amazing. I'm not a desert person, but I find the pictures captivating. Again, this is a picture book for all ages. The third picture book is The Oxcart Man by Donald Hall. It was originally a poem published in The New Yorker and later turned into a picture book with illustrations by Barbara Cooney. It's the story of a farmer taking his family's goods that they've grown and made all year to market. It's a very gentle and calming book filled with the rhythm of the seasons. I read this book for the first time this year, and I love it and so does my daughter. Barbara Cooney illustrates this one. Again, we're big Barbara Cooney fans, obviously. It's done in more of a folk art style, which suits the poem perfectly. For middle grade books this week, the Harry Potter series by J.K. Rowling. This is a perfect time to reread this series or read it for the first time if you haven't. There is so much bravery and heroism during dark times in it. It's a series that children will be able to identify with And since it is all so familiar, it will be a comforting read for this age group. The third and fifth books are my personal favorites, but don't skip ahead. These books have to be read in order. The second book is The Little White Horse by Elizabeth Googe. If you don't want to reinvest the time in Harry Potter, try The Little White Horse. It is full of whimsy and enchantment, and it has a redemptive and happy ending. I've read that it was a favorite of J.K. Rowling's as a child. For Family Read Aloud... The Hobbit by J.R.R. Tolkien. The story of Bilbo Baggins's comfortable life in Bag End upended when he agrees to go on an adventure with a band of dwarves to raid a dragon's treasure hoard. It's a timeless classic filled with adventure, courage, unlikely heroes, and a longing for home. And with the perfect first line, in a hole in the ground there lived a hobbit. I didn't read The Hobbit until I was an adult, and I can only imagine how special it would be to read it aloud as a family. For nonfiction, My Life in France by Julia Child. Julia Child's memoir of living in France from 1948 to 1954. 
I'm still reading this book, but I wanted to go ahead and add it to the list because of Julia Child's joy in life. She is effervescent. It's a great inspiration for creativity and cooking. A bonus is the first season of her cooking show, The French Chef, is on Amazon Prime through the end of March. The second nonfiction book is The Hiding Place by Corey Ten Boom. A much more somber book. I'm very hesitant to suggest it, but it's equally good to read during this time if you can handle something heavier. The Hiding Place is Corey Ten Boom's recounting of her time in a concentration camp during World War II. A hard but beautiful book. An amazing story of forgiveness, perseverance, resilience, and redemption. For fiction, Gilead by Marilyn Robinson. One of my favorite books of all time. A dying man writes a letter to his young son recounting his life. It is poignant and tender and beautiful, full of truth, wisdom, piercing love, and hope. I'm always tempted to buy extra copies to give away. It's a slower-paced book, but please don't let that stop you from reading it. The second fiction book is Cranford by Elizabeth Gaskell. It's been decades since I read Cranford, but if you need something with more humor, but still with a good amount of heart, I recommend this book. It's the story of a group of women in a small town in Victorian England. It's another lovely reminder of the blessing of friends and community. And lastly, A Gentleman in Moscow by Amor Tolls. I haven't read this book yet, but it comes highly recommended by my mom. She says it's a very hopeful and beautiful book. She's read it several times, and it's on my list to read. I mentioned community several times this week, which I know has been difficult to maintain in the last couple of weeks, but I want to encourage you to seek it out where you can. Write a letter, plan an online read-aloud night with friends, or do an online book club. I want to encourage you to find creative ways to interact with your community. Well, that's all for this week. I'll be back in two weeks with my children's book recommendation for April. If you want to connect during the week, I'm at WellReadBeth on Instagram. I hope these books will be a help and a comfort to you. Until next time.